Lord, somebody's sick today and they need you to change things. Somebody's rent is overdue. They don't know how they're going to make it and they need you to change things. Somebody's marriage is on the rocks and they need you to save that marriage, hold that family together and they need you to change things. Somebody's about to lose their job, but they need you to change things. Will you lift your hand and say, in the name of Jesus, I need you to change things. And because I believe it, I'm praising you and thanking you in advance for what you're going to do. Send your word in this place power rest upon us in the name of Jesus thank God amen remain standing just for a moment going to the word of the Lord but what a privilege it is and what a blessing it is to have Bishop George Bloomer in the house of the Lord on today worshiping with us one of our nation's most renowned and admired ministers and preachers of the gospel, writer, great man of God. We're excited about your being here and you're welcome. Let's give him a rousing applause. Praise God for his presence. I'm going to read from Ephesians and from Philippians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Ephesians 1, 18 that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory in his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Jesus, in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Verse 13, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God's work and our work. God's work and our work. You may be seated. Our glorious God came from nowhere because there was nowhere for him to come from. He always has been and he ever shall be. He stood on nothing because there was nothing for God to stand on. He created a universe of fantastic characteristics, capacities, and cosmic proportions. He formed all the stars. He formed all the planets. And he gave special favor 
to the planet Earth. The precision of the heavens declare the wisdom of our God. Say that, the wisdom of our God. The Earth travels 586 million miles per year in its pathway around the sun. 586 million miles per year. Moves at a speed of 66,000 miles per hour. And at the same time, it rotates at a speed of 1,000 miles an hour at the equator. And it travels and maintains a distance of about 93 million miles from the sun. Tell your neighbor, we're 93 million miles from the sun. And the earth completes its journey around the sun in precisely 365 and one quarter days. While the earth is going around the sun, the moon is going around the earth every four weeks. These are fantastic capacities and characteristics. And it represents unbelievable precision. Would you say that unbelievable precision? God, in his wisdom, has created and now orchestrates the operation of the whole universe. The universe is a testimony not only to the wisdom of God, but it's also a testimony to the greatness of God and to the power of our God. The sun is almost three million miles in circumference. Three million miles around the sun. Compare that to the earth, which is only 24,000 miles in circumference. Three million miles around the sun, 24,000 miles around the earth. One million earths could fit inside the sun. One million balls, planets the size of our earth could fit inside the sun. And there are more than 500,000 suns in the universe some of them a thousand times bigger than our sun. That's three million miles in circumference. Y'all know you want to say wow. <laughs> our earth absorbs only a small part of the sun's energy. Just a little bit of the sun's energy collides with the earth. The rest of it goes in a million different directions. We just get just a little bit. But that little bit is enough to warm the earth and at certain times to make the heat of the earth almost unbearable. And over countless ages, we can detect no diminishing of the sun's power, of the sun's intensity. 
Tell your neighbor it's still shining brightly after millions of years. Mm -hmm. The universe then is a testimony to the wisdom, the greatness, and the power of our God. In order to create a universe like this, God has to be a God of infinite power and wisdom. This is why Psalm 91 and 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. But when God created the universe, he was not through. He looked at that and Genesis 1.18 says, God saw that it was good. But God kept on working. He brought forth and caused the earth to bring forth 320,000 species of vegetation on the earth. There are 320,000 different kinds of vegetation, trees, plants, flowers growing on the earth. 62,000 species of animal life. God caused to spring forth from the earth. And for his glory, he gave every species amazing capacities and amazing characteristics by which it functions and by which it survives. Too many folks sleeping on me. Wake up in here. <laughs> this is good stuff. Give your neighbor an elbow. Say, wake up. Every species God created, he gave it amazing capacities and amazing characteristics. And every species utilizes what God has given to it to the limit. It goes to the extreme in the use of what God has given to each species. Peregrine falcon. Eagle-like, hawk-like bird that can swoop or dive at a speed of 248 miles per hour. Look at your name and say, wow. There's an animal called a cheetah. It can run at 70 to 75 miles per hour. A sailfish capable of swimming at a speed of 68 miles per hour. Each species of life has amazing characteristics and it maximizes the abilities that God has deposited in it. Tell your neighbor, he's going somewhere, just wait on him. <laughs> amazing characteristics. A black bear can smell a food source 18 miles away and can walk directly to that food source. All awake now, huh? An eagle can fly carrying a weight four times as much as is its own body weight. Amazing characteristics. The design and capacity 
were indications of the greatness and the wisdom of our God in creating all the species of life on the face of the earth. In Genesis 1.25, God looked at the animal world which he had made and saw that it was good. But then God kept on working. And when God made men, he went to an altogether different level. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And then in Genesis 1.31, then God said, saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And as was the earth and the animals upon it, man was created to live on the outer limits of his capacity and his ability. Go back to your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, as was the earth and the animals, man was also created to live on the outer limits of his capacity and his ability. I hope somebody who hears my voice today will decide to do the greatest thing, help the most people reach the greatest potential that God can bless you to attain. Tell two people, God wants you to be great and do great things. Help me preach today, Lord. Creation was an expression of God himself. Psalms 8 and 1 says, O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory upon the heavens. And when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the work of the moon and the stars, which you've ordained, then in Proverbs 3.19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. And so by wisdom and by knowledge, by understanding, God created the universe and God ordered the universe. Are you all still with me? And by that same wisdom by which God created and ordered the universe, God has given us the Word of God, the Bible, his guidebook for living successfully on the earth. Psalm 19 and 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, and moreover by them, by the word of God, your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. God gave us the word. It was right that the God who created the universe should by his love and guidance assure the well-being of all life within his creation. It was right 
that the God who honored man with dominion and authority over all the earth should share his infinite wisdom with man for the good of all the earth. It was right that God who retained all the rights of ownership over everything and everybody should be entitled or even obligated to share his knowledge and his instructions with those whom he has given responsibility and blessing. Look at Exodus 19.5. The Bible says, for the earth, God says, for the earth is mine. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Psalm 15.10, every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. And I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Psalm 50 and 12, the world is mine and all its fullness. Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 43 and 1, but now saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Job 41 and 11, everything under the heaven is mine. Psalm 103, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Everything belongs to God. God not only holds title, God has possession of everything in his universe. Are y'all still with me? So it was not right for Adam to think he was smart enough to ignore God's command and get away with it. Say it was not right. It was not right after all God had done for Adam for him to disobey God. After God had placed him in charge, it was not right for Adam to distrust God who made him so that he would feel that God's word might not be true. Satan had not done any good thing in their lives. He had done nothing for them and it was not right for them to obey the devil rather than to obey God. God loved Adam and elevated Adam. It was not right for Adam to be so unthankful that he sought to advance himself rather than glorify Almighty God. Look at your neighbor, say it was not right. Lord, help me preach today. The beautiful and symphonic symphony that God proclaimed to be good was destroyed and disrupted by the discordant note of Adam's sin. Everything God originally made, he proclaimed that it was good. In the first three chapters of Genesis, he proclaimed the goodness of his creation five times. Chapter three, the word good does not appear. After chapter three, the word good does not even appear for the next 12 chapters. Over and over again in the first three chapters, God said it's good, it's good, it's good. But when man messed up, it was 12 chapters before the word good even occurred again. When Adam disobeyed God, he became infected by the disease of sin. His relationship with God was disrupted. Adam's seed inherited his sinful nature. But God's righteous judgment and God's sentence of death was imposed. 
all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad that Jesus paid it all? All to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain, but he washes it white as snow. Adam lost much, if not all, of the image of God. But when Jesus came along, he turned it all around. Come on, tell your neighbor, he's turning it all around. Colossians 3.9 says that we have put off the old man with his deeds, put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of God who created him. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We should live holy. I said we should live holy. We should live holy because God is holy. We should live holy because that's what people expect and that's what people respect. The church is losing the respect of the world because there's so much sin in the church. God has sworn, however, that he'll make it possible for you to live holy. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant unto us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Holiness is God's best and highest wisdom. And you should live holy because your soul is worth it. Tell your neighbor you should live holy because your soul is worth it. What will it profit a man who gains the whole world and lose his soul? You must pursue righteousness because righteousness, we, can, we cannot effectively pursue the mission of the will of God. And so the mission is to loudly proclaim the word of God to all creation. The Lord said to Paul in Acts 26, 16, Rise, stand on your feet. I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal unto you. How many of you have a revelation from God? How many of you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? How many of you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead? If you believe that, the Lord wants you to tell it to the whole world. The world needs the gospel. The world needs to know about Jesus. Our jails are filled. Half of our children are not finishing high school. Gangs are flourishing. Our young men are killing one another. Our daughters are becoming mothers while they're still children. Substance abuse and drug abuse is devastating our world. Our nation is divided and racially polarized. People are arming themselves for racial conflict. There are wars and conflicts all over the world. And poverty is everywhere. The media proclaiming story after story of shame and disgrace. The economies of the world are shaky, crumbling. Politicians can't find the answer. And it seems that we're on a downward slide to destruction. But the gospel is the only answer. Tell your neighbor the gospel is the only answer. The church is the only vehicle that God has chosen to proclaim the gospel. You are the light of the world. 
You are the city set on a hill. The apostle Paul was an intentional and an aggressive soul winner. And he was determined to do whatever he had to do to win the lost. And child of God, that's what we've got to do. We've got to do everything we can to turn the world toward Jesus. We've got to do everything we can to let men know that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the Lord. And we need to understand that our blessing, our well-being, is affected by how we are willing to witness and win souls for our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your well-being and your prosperity is dependent on winning souls for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And if the Lord has saved you, if the Lord has changed your life, the Lord wants you to let somebody know what he's done for you. The Lord has ever healed you, tell somebody about it. The Lord has ever delivered you, let somebody know. The Lord has ever met your need, tell somebody what the Lord has done. Never shall forget what the Lord has done for me. Come on, tell your neighbor, I've just got to tell it because the Lord has been so good. I've got to tell it because the Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. Isaiah 54 and 2, the Bible says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Don't spare Lengthen the cords, strengthen the stakes. You're going to break forth on the right and on the left, and your descendants are going to inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited, even as every animal species operates on the outer limits of its capacity. God is expecting you to operate on the outer limits of your spiritual capacity. You've got the power. You've got the anointing. Hallelujah. The same power. Tell your neighbor the same power that raised up Jesus is available to you. The same power that Jesus used when he got up from the grave is available to you. Say praise the Lord. Paul said, I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul says, the power that raised up Jesus is what I want to feel. I want to walk in that power. I want to talk in that power. I want to live in that power. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want the power of the Lord in my life. I want to speak in that power. I want to live 
He'll give you the Holy Ghost just for asking and believing. You can have it right now because Jesus wants to fill you. He commanded you, receive the Holy Ghost. It's the gift of God. Hallelujah. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not many days hereafter. Stand up and clap your hands and say, Lord, I want the gift. Lord, I want to be filled. Clap your hands and praise it. Yes. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I need your power. Oh, Lord, I need your anointing. Praise it. Praise it. Praise it. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. If you don't have it, if you want it, if you want to be filled, start walking toward the altar. Even while I'm preaching, get down here at the altar and say, Lord, I need the Holy Ghost. Yes, I need your power. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I need it. I need it. If you want it, if you want to receive it, step out right now. Walk down to the altar. Yes. Fill me again. Fill me again. Peter and the disciples, after Jesus had ascended, were beaten for preaching the gospel. They were told, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Don't teach in the name of Jesus anymore. Simon Peter and John went back to church. They went back to church and they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may preach your word. Stretch out your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you right now. And the Bible said that while they were praying, while they were praying, the place was shaken wherein they were sitting. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Lord, fill us again. Church, say, Lord, fill us again. Lord, I need the anointing. Oh, Lord, I need your power. Now the Holy Ghost comes by faith. You receive the Holy Ghost by faith. Everybody said, I receive the Holy Ghost by faith. Faith goes to work where there's nothing tangible to be seen or touched. Faith goes to work even before the miracle is done. Faith praises God even before the prayer is answered. Faith sits down at the table, partakes of the power of God. Yes, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. Yes, yes, it's a gift. Jesus is the baptizer. You receive it by faith. Lift your hand and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I receive it by faith. 
Yes, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Faith, faith receives it and acts as if it already has it. If you believe God and praise God, the Holy Ghost will show up. When the Holy Ghost shows up, that's your signal. You've got a right to speak in other tongues. When the Holy Ghost shows up, power is shown up. Lift your hand, open up your mouth, and give praise to God. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you are in the audience and you want another blessing, you want the power of God, it's here right now in the room. You can have it in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. I believe that it is mine. I receive it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. It's mine. It's mine. Come on and praise it. It's mine. It's mine. In the name of Jesus, receive it. In the name of Jesus, receive it. In the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it, receive it. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Lift your hands and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. That's it, that's it. Yes, 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 yes. Abasoko, Elodi de Bacosa, Yashikoba, Yarabasoko. Yes, yes. Glory, 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 glory. Praise him, praise him. I receive it. Receive the power. Receive the power. Receive the power. Receive the power. Receive it. In the name of Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. It's yours. It's yours. In Jesus. The Holy Ghost is here. I said the Holy Ghost is here. We've got a few moments just to praise Him. Why don't you clap your hands and give praise? I said, Lord, fill me again. Say it again, Lord, fill me again. Say it again, Lord, fill me again. 
Come on, say it again. Fill me again. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Worship the Lord, worship the Lord. Too many folks looking on in here and not receiving the power, not receiving the blessing. I just dare you to begin to worship the Lord. Lift up your hands and tell him, Jesus, I love you. I want your power. I want your anointing. I want your presence. I want your spirit. I want your spirit. I won't let you go till you bless me. I'm going to praise you. you got to open your mouth. You've got to say it. You've got to speak words of praise and thanks unto the Lord. When I count to three, I want everybody in the house. Clap your hands and don't stop worshiping God till I tell you to do so. One, two, three. Come on and praise Him. Don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop. I want to be the best I can be. I want to go as high as I can go. I need your power. Can't make it without you. I need your anointing. I need a blessing. I need your presence. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, Tim. Come on, Tim. your presence. Thank you for your anointing. The Lord, I pray that everybody in this room will be overwhelmed by your power, by your anointing, by your power. In the name of Jesus, 
Let it be. Let it happen today, Lord. Let it happen today. One more time, the Spirit of the Lord sweeping through this room. Give him one more praise. One more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. Spirit down here receive the Holy Ghost if you received it raise up your hand if you believe the Lord filled you today come on clap your hands and praise God for you you may return to your seats if you're here and you want to know Jesus you want to be saved you want salvation 
or you want to join the church, step out quickly and come forward. We'll minister to you. We'll deal with you. Step forth now. We are joy to deal with you. Clap your hands. Give praise to the Lord.